Good morning. This is Bo Matthews, and welcome to Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. Let's Talk is a one-hour program devoted to issues and developments that are of importance to Sedalia and the surrounding communities. By committing an entire hour to a subject and many times having experts join us in studio, we will be able to delve deeper into the topic of the week and provide you with a fuller understanding of what is happening in our community. This morning's show was pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. I'm Bo Matthews with Ron Tolner and John Meehan. And we have a very special guest with us today. And uh, John, I'm going to let you introduce our guest this morning. Good morning to all of our listeners. And Bo, thank you very much. You know, we have had uh, a number of uh, programs since the beginning of December here. And we've uh, we've uh, invited folks in here and re- uh, about tell us about their organizations, their non-for-profits, their updates on political activities and our government, but we've never really highlighted one of the, uh, what I would consider the most important people in today in Pettis County. We have with us uh, the opportunity to have Sue Heckard in the studio this morning. Sue, I know you're not really an anxious early morning riser, but we appreciate you coming in this morning and being with us. I think our listeners want to know a little bit more about Sue. So what brought you to Sedalia and Pettis County? What, uh, you know, you have a tremendous past. Talk to us about that. My uh, parents bought the Gillespie Funeral Home in 1948. We had never been in the town, although my mother was born and raised in Unionville, Missouri. We came from Topeka, Kansas, and she had gone out to Kansas to teach school because they paid so much better than than Missouri. And my grandfather Heckert was a medical doctor in Carbondale, Kansas. And uh, mother went out to teach school there and my grandfather's office was right next to the post office and my dad kind of hung around his his office and of course he had heard that there was going to be a new school teacher <laughs> and uh, made him uh, eligible mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> mother had a um, boyfriend of course back in Missouri and she'd make a beeline to the post office to see if she'd gotten a letter and uh, so this is a true story. My dad was waiting for her one, one day, and he threw out a, a yo-yo and, uh, to get her attention. So I guess you might say the rest is, is history. So they got married on August the 27th of, of 1930, and Mother had already signed her contract to teach that year. And back in those days, a woman could be married and teach school. So Mother, they didn't tell anybody that they were married. And mother kept her her room that she had. And so the next year rolled around, and she told the school board, she said, you know, she said, I've got a confession to make. (laughs) And they said, oh, well, what was that? And she said, well, she said, uh, I'm married, and said, I've been married. And they said, well, you know, said, we thought you were spending an awful lot of time over there at Doc Heckert's. (laughs) (laughs) So my um, grandfather moved his practice to Topeka, and uh, mother worked in his office, and uh, my dad had a job at a funeral home over there for 18 years, and it was the only only job he'd ever had. And um, he heard about this funeral home for sale in in Sedalia, and like I said, we'd never been in the town, and uh, so they came over and 
<clears throat> some people by the name of Dillard owned the funeral home, and they had owned it just six years, and they were an older couple and didn't have any children, and they had worked for Ernest Gillespie. And um, there'd been a lot of people had looked at the funeral home and thought they were going to buy it, and, and but they would back out on them at the last minute. So I just kind of feel like it was a God thing for my parents to, yes. to buy that funeral home. To mm -hmm. be. So I was just, just nine years old when we came here and was in the fourth grade at Broadway School. I was going to ask you what was your first impression of Sedalia and Pettis County, but yet you were only nine years old when you came. Yeah, well, I was only nine, and we lived upstairs in the funeral home for 12 years. It so happened that one of my parents' best friends in, in Topeka, their name was Gillespie, Chuck and Leela Gillespie, and they had just one son about my age. So my dad and Chuck brought some of Mother's Haviland down before that we didn't want to do the, have the moving van do. And so Chuck came back, and he said, well, he said, you know, he said, I think you've, you, it's a nice funeral home. And he said, it's got a good name. Okay. Of course, it was his name. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> <was> sure. <laughs> and, uh, but he said, there's just two things that bother me. And Mother said, well, what's that? And he said, well, what you're going to do with Sue and Patsy living upstairs at that funeral home? Well, Patsy was our bird dog. So Mother said, well, she said, I guess we can leave Patsy here, but said, we got to take Sue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they took us both, and that's kind of how we landed in Sedalia. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. If you've just joined us uh, this morning, we have the opportunity to have Sue Heckard in our studios this morning recording. Sue, uh, you've given us a little bit of background on how you got here. Tell us a little bit more about your folks. Well, it was, it was a, a family affair. Like I said, we lived upstairs at the funeral home, and my dad had worked for a, f a funeral home in Topeka for 18 years, and he had to sleep at the funeral home every other night and every other weekend. So my mother and I had no connection or anything with the funeral home or the funeral business. She worked in in my grandfather Heckert's office, doctor's office in, in Topeka. Right. So. So when we came down to Sedalia, why, Mother didn't un unpack her, her good dishes and uh, for a month or two. So my dad came upstairs one day and asked my mother, he, he, he said, when are you going to unpack your dishes? And uh, she said, well, she didn't know if she was going to. And he said, you don't know if you're going to. What do you mean? And she said, well, she said, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to take this kind of work. And uh, he said, well, he said, I'll tell you. He said, it doesn't get any easier. He said, it gets harder because he said right now, he said, these are just a sea of strange faces. Right. And we don't know these these families that we're serving. Mm -hmm. And he said, the longer we're here, I said, then we know them. And not only that, but they're our friends. So mother adjusted. And so the three of us worked worked together and it was it was my dream to uh, marry somebody that would work with me in the funeral home, kind of like my parents had, and um, the ones I liked didn't like me, and ones that liked me I didn't like. <laughs> so, so I just told my mother that I was ahead of my time. I was a career woman. <laughs> Excellent. And so when did, you know, you spent some time in the funeral home itself living there, but then when did you get your uh, a place outside of the funeral home? 
Well, we lived there for 12 years, and then we built okay. our home out in Southwest Village. Okay. And, and we moved in, in in June of 1960. Okay. And uh, my mother had systemic lupus erythematosus, better known as, as lupus. Okay. And uh, the doctor told us that we just had to get mother out of that environment. Mm-hmm. And that's when we built the built our home. And uh, I'm soon to be 83 years old, and I've lived three places. I've lived in Topeka the first nine years of my life. I lived upstairs in the funeral 12 years, and I've lived out in our home in Southwest Village since mm-hmm. 1960. So I say I'm going to die there. <laughs> what a blessing it was for Sedalia when your folks decided to move to Sedalia. Well, you know, I, I always say everything's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it was a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it, it, I think it was, it was a God's thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been, uh, some of the things that you've done have had a certain focus, like music. And I think you got that from your mother, how you were brought up. And tell us about how that kind of came about within the family. Well, my mother... Um, she uh, majored in, in piano in college. Okay. And um, I was just just learning to play the piano in Topeka. I had just started lessons. And, of course, living upstairs at the funeral home, it wasn't very conducive to um, practicing. <laughs> so I didn't, uh, I didn't play the piano, but I did play the flute in the band and the orchestra. And my... Uh, Dad uh, had played the violin, and uh, there wasn't anybody in in Sedalia or Warrensburg to give flute lessons, so we went up to—they took me up to uh, Kansas City to the conservatory. I took flute lessons, and so my dad decided that he would get out his violin and brush up, and so he took violin lessons, and so Mother decided that she would take organ lessons— Mother never liked the organ like she did the piano. They're, they're two different instruments. Mm-hmm. So we had the Heckert Trio back in back in the day, and and uh, believe it or not, we were kind of the uh, entertainment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so this music background kind of led you to be uh, a giver, and you wanted to share those musical experiences. And then came the Smith Cotton Performing Arts facility that's just uh, fantastic when they put the new uh, built the new smith cotton high school in 2010 that's just one of the kind things that you've done for our community and that was important to you because of your music background yes it was but before that i did the uh, heckert health and allied science building in at state fair community college yes and that was in memory of my grandfather heckert and and then the, my dream was to have a performing arts center, and of course that was in, in memory of my, my parents and, and our musical background. And that facility has my footprint all over it because I basically designed that facility, and I tell everybody that uh, picked out everything, uh, even the tile in the men's restroom. Mm-hmm. And what a fantastic facility it is. I go, I went recently to the symphony, and I sit there, and I just wonder what my, my parents would think about it. Yes, fantastic. One thing, Sue, that we talked off microphone earlier, my father-in-law, Van White, 
used to be in band with you, and you said that, and I imagine this, I was in band when I was in high school, so I remember the, the antics going on in band. A lot of times the, the band teacher didn't know what was going on, but we did. But my father-in-law, I guess you, you played flute, and he played trumpet behind you, and I guess he kind of gave you a hard time sometimes. Yes, I'll never forget band. Like, like you said, I, I played in the, in the marching band from the eighth grade on because they needed flutes. And although Van was several years older than I was, he always sat behind me, and he was, he was ornery. <laughs> I think that's putting it lightly, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to be kind of nice. <laughs> but those are experiences, too. Like I said, I did marching band, I did band, uh, and those are experiences for kids that do have the opportunity to do that. That's something you carry with you all your life because that's some great times, not only learning more about music, but just the camaraderie of, of your uh, peers your uh, classmates yes it is and and my mother was sorry that uh, I didn't keep up my music because she did she she practiced her she had a Steinway grand piano and she practiced it every day and she and Marion Temple played the Holy City at our church on Palm Sunday it was tradition and um, uh, she played that with Marion until she was 92 years old the last time that she played. Wow. And like I said, she, she practiced her music every day. So that is something. Do you still get on every once in a while? Do you sit down at the keyboards and, and try to plunk something no, out? No, I don't. Like, you I don't? Said, like I said, that was mother would have liked for me to, but I told her, I said, well, you know, you have to work at night, and when you get a night off, you don't want to have to practice. And, I, and your your music's like anything else. If you do it right, it's it's work. You work at it. True. Now, growing up in Sedalia, you said you moved here when you were nine years old. What was it like for you growing up in Sedalia? Did you enjoy it at first? Did you have a hard time making friends how was that well um of course like i said we lived there at the funeral home and broadway school was where third national bank is now our central bank and uh, then of course the high school was a couple blocks the other direction i worked at the funeral home i, I said that i grew up as an adult I worked at the funeral home, mowed grass, and did, did a little of everything from the time I was a kid. And so many duties to keep you busy, more so there probably than going out and doing other things. What a lot of the other kids were doing, you were spending a lot more time there. I was, yeah, I was, I was spending my time there, and and like I said, my activity in high school and all was basically the band and orchestra, and I like sports, and so I got to play in the pep band and marching band, go to football games and basketball games. and That, that occupied a lot of your time then? It, it, all of it. <laughs> At this point, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in a few minutes with our second segment of Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. A reminder that Let's Talk can be heard Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1050 KSIS. The show can also be heard on the KSIS radio app and also at KSISradio.com. You can contact us with any comments, questions, concerns, and ideas.
Welcome back to Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. John Meehan, Ron Toller, and our special guest Sue Heckert with us this morning. Ron? Thank you, Bo. Sue, in the years that uh, that uh, my family has been here, I know we've crossed paths many times. I've had the honor of knowing you for many years. We were in Rotary together. Uh, something that I always tremendously admired about you, and still do for that matter, is the relationship that you always talked about that you had with your family because it was it was something special take a little bit of time and talk to us about that relationship and and how that blossomed and continued to grow over the years well of course I I don't have any brothers or sisters and um, so Bob Parker some of you old timers will remember Bob Parker's he called he called us the three musketeers when you saw one of us you saw three of us and I always say that I I grew up as an adult with my parents and um, mother and I had a special relationship she was not only my mother but she was my my best friend and uh, we would go to Kansas City and say we ratted around and just had a good time and so my parents meant a lot to me and I know in in conjunction with that when you've talked about everything that you've done for our community these last few years uh, again you always made reference to uh, to your mom and dad and and I, I know you talked at times about the discussions that you three had had about things that they would like to see for this community. So these things that you've done, they didn't happen by accident. They were thought of for some period of time, I think. Well, it, yes, we when we were getting ready to set up our Heckert Family Foundation, we put a lot of thought into it and the Heckert Allied Health and Science building was in memory of my grandfather Heckert and uh, if it hadn't been for I called him dad why we probably wouldn't be here and of course then the Heckert Performing Arts Center was my parents and our love of music and and um, and then my dad wanted to see a community center there was Harold Keck we got acquainted with his parents when we first came here and he was an alcoholic and his family left and to go to California and his mother came up to my dad and said you kind of look after Harold and he became homeless and he eventually lived upstairs at the funeral home. My dad would take him down to the community center to eat lunch every day. Said we we needed a nicer better place for the for the older folks to to eat lunch and that's when one one reason that in the in the new Heckert Community Center, one of my top priorities was to have the senior center in there, so they would have a a nice place. Actually, Sue, I have had the opportunity to eat at the Senior Center several times now because uh, the uh, Noonday Optimist Club meets there on Tuesday. The Lions Club meets there on Wednesday. I think they had a, a record uh, turnout for their fried chicken over there uh, earlier this week. And uh, w- what a great place that you know that has mushroomed in our community. And I know you have uh, created this partnership, very strong friendship with uh, with Amy Eppley and the whole process of that community center and just had the the grand opening just a month or so ago and and it's uh, what amazed I think the whole community is that it was finished as scheduled because of your oversight and and of course Amy's too well uh, that that was a 21 year long process but I was 
bound and determined that I was going to have that because that was something that, that my folks wanted, really wanted for this community. Mm-hmm. And um, I, fought, I fought long and hard for it. Uh, yes, Amy and I have become very good friends. Uh, in fact, she calls me her bonus mom, her B mom, <laughs> and so I call her my A daughter, my adopted daughter. There you go. <laughs> but you mentioned that it was very important to you that the senior center be a part of the new Heckert Community Center. And uh, from what I've seen of that, what a tremendous pairing. The, the, the thing that really impresses me about it is the individuals that come there, of course, for the meal. They can stay or come early. The walking track they can take advantage of. The thing that really impresses me is the fact that we've got a whole range of ages that are using that facility now at that point in time so you know you've got uh, you've got the folks in the senior center that are also getting to interact with the younger individuals there it's it's just a tremendous way to tie the community together well that was one one thing that was important to me is that all walks of life and from very young to the very old could take advantage of the community center and uh, with the walking track and not even having to have a, a membership uh, is a great thing, I think. And I, I've said that the senior center was, was important to me. And I'll have to admit that um, the aquatic center wasn't really a high priority for me because <laughs> I never was much of a swimmer. And But um, I'll have to say that um, I think it's the shining star of the whole thing. Well, and that that came about because of a tremendous uh, cooperated partnership agreement between uh, Sedalia Parks, you, and, and of course the Sedalia 200 School District. And again, another example of folks working together in our community to make things uh, make things happen in a grand way. Now, I, I don't know if you want to uh, admit to this or not, but I understand that uh, Mrs. Eppley has convinced you to use the facility in their exercise program uh, and you said you you found some muscles that you hadn't heard that you didn't know you had <laughs> well Amy's been, been trying to get me in the pool and she, she hadn't quite done that yet but that's probably next but she's been after me to do the sit and fit class and so I went and took part in the sit and fit class and I had to thank her for keeping on me to to do that so um, now they're wanting me to do the pool part of it so We'll see. <laughs> One thing that I noticed being there a couple of times to eat lunch, which they have fantastic lunches. So if, if anyone has not experienced that yet, they need to do so. But just walking through the facility and just seeing everyone there, like you say, from the very young to whatever age, the oldest that are there. If you can't walk out of there feeling better about Sedalia, feeling better about yourself, there's something wrong because it just lifts your spirits seeing the children out there in the water, just seeing people out there on the pickleball. Who would ever thought that a game called pickleball would come about? But they play that during the noontime hour. You'll see that a lot. You see, you just see everything that's there. If, if a person has not walked through, taken a tour of the facility, they will be in awe just looking at everything that's available there for all ages well while it was being built why we took several several people through there the comment was wow and I think that I know it was beyond my expectation and it is I think the best 
adjective is wow. Well, I think, too, a lot of people that went to school at Smith Cotton for a while, maybe they felt a little bit of a grudge because you tore down the football stadium. But... If they go in there now, it's just a shell of a building from the outside. If they have never been inside, I think it will completely turn a person around their thoughts about what happened to the old Smith Cotton football stadium there because what they put in place is a jewel, as you said. Well, I, you know, I, I think that was the perfect place. And one of the holdups when we first went to Bob Wasson after my mother first died, Bob had just barely been elected and he was in his office still had boxes he hadn't even un- unloaded and we proposed to him that we would like to see a, a community center built and uh, that if the city wanted to issue bonds I would pay the interest on the bonds with the naming rights mm-hmm. and so I went back to the city and I said well this was my this was my original proposal and I'll fulfill that obligation if if you so desire. And Ellie was there yesterday, the, or the day that I ate, she was there eating his wife uh, when he was yeah. alive, of course. Yes. So, And that's the thing, too, sitting around the tables. there, And I think you brought that up about coming in eating. It's it's such a, it, there's so much, li- it's, just a, it's just a great facility to sit and, and grab lunch and talk with people. You'll make new friends while you're there. Yes, you will. And, and I, I, I'm hoping that people will take advantage of that. I think that the pandemic hurt this community center, the senior center, and uh, but they had 113 people there when they had fried chicken. <laughs> but they should, they should have 113 people every day. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing. We want to be a welcoming community. Uh, and I just envision those folks might be the first time they come into Sedalia. If they come in from the north, they'll see some industry out there. They see First Christian Church right across the street. They see the Heckard Community Center. What a fantastic first impression that we're making. To, for those who are making their first trip to Sedalia. Yes, I, and that's that's true, and I, I hope it will help Sedalia grow. It's it's something that we certainly needed. I, I kind of feel like it was kind of the last piece of the puzzle. I'm, I'm happy that it's being used by as much as it is. You, you never know with something new like that how people are going to uh, accept it, And uh, but it's, it's, it's just beyond even comprehension of how how much it's being used and I know Amy is just taken back by it too. And that's correct. I was talking to Amy just a few days ago and uh, she was telling me how the numbers that they have seen thus far far surpassed the original projections. So that is that is tremendous and I think it's only going to grow from here. Well I hope so and uh, you know, every, every, people come come in. You know, they they don't know. They see this big building out there, but you know, they don't know what's inside, uh, particularly, and and they don't know how many different things there is to do for yep. for all ages and activities and all. And that's just it. If a person has not gone in, they need to go in to see what there is for them because, like you say, there is pretty much something for everyone, whether it's just sitting down to eat a meal, whether it's just to walk around a little bit just to get out of the house and have a different uh, bit of scenery or partake of some of the different programs they have. There's something for everyone there. Yes, there is, and that that was the goal. 
Sue, I know that you, of course, contributed to financially to, to the community center, but I know you spent a lot of time. You and Amy and many others have traveled to community centers across Missouri, maybe outside of Missouri, to bring the very best and learn from some of the things, mistakes that other communities have had. And so it's been a, a passion for you because you've, you've made these trips and you've done the proper research to get what we have today. Well, yes, it, it's been a, it has been a passion. Like I said, it's been 21 long years, and, and I hate to say, but been some unpleasant experiences along the way, but we've overcome those. There you and go. It's, uh, as the old saying, all's well that ends well. Let's take a break. We'll return in a couple of minutes with our third and final segment of Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. A reminder that Let's Talk can be heard Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1050 KSIS. The show can also be heard on the KSIS radio app and also at KSISradio.com. You can contact us with any comments, questions, concerns, and ideas. Welcome to our third and final segment of Let's Talk on News Talk 1050 KSIS. I'm Bo Matthews with Ron Toller and John Meehan. We have Sue Heckert with us today. Of course, if you've not had an opportunity to visit the new Heckert Center in Sedalia, take a moment to do so. Take some time to go over and grab lunch. Take some time to just ask for a tour. You will be amazed on what's going on there. Sue, we were talking off microphone a little bit about how your family, how you and your family has done so much for Sedalia, but you look at it a little bit differently on it's not the Heckert family so much, but uh, other people around that have contributed to help you to see what to do to, to get to where everything is today. Well, th that's the way I feel about it. You know, my parents and I were in business for 70 and a half years, and if it were not for the families that had supported my parents and I in our family business, I couldn't do these things. And I tell people, you know, they should receive the praise and the glory, not I, because if it weren't for them and supporting my family, my parents and I, I couldn't do this. And you have said, too, if, if it's something that you will do, you'll do it because you feel in your heart it's the right thing to do. Well, that's, that's true, too. I, I have to do it because I'm, it comes from my heart. And right. I, if I can't, if it's not, not in my heart, I can't do it. So if I don't have a passion. You know, Sue, something we have not touched on yet this morning was uh, an, another project that, uh, that uh, you threw your support behind. And, and again, it wouldn't have happened without you. And that is the uh, animal shelter out on the uh, southeast uh, side of town off of New York. Tell our listeners a little bit about... Uh, you and our uh, four-legged friends, your four-legged friends, and the kind of the history behind how the animal shelter came about. Well, um, as I said earlier, um, we had a bird dog when we came to Sedalia, and um, after uh, Patsy died, why we said we wouldn't have any more any more dogs, but uh, we had a, a black lab that kind of took up with us when we would walk in the village, and um, <laughs> uh, my dad would take him out to the fairgrounds twice a day in the mornings and, and every evening to 
to exercise him, and I said if it was 110 in the shade or 110 below zero, why he and Duke went out to the fairgrounds, and um, then of course Duke died, and and um, before he died, why he kind of wanted another dog, but we di we didn't get one. But mother and I, I had always wanted a, a cardigan Welch corgi. So we got a cardigan Welch corgi after my dad died. Breeder said, "Well, said he'll um, he'll be very protective of of you and your mother." And I said, "Well, that's that's fine." And and she said, "He doesn't he doesn't like men." And I said, "Well, I said we don't have very many men around." <laughs> And, and she said he doesn't like cats. And I said, well, we don't have any cats. So we got uh, Ruddy. As you know, they're, they're kind of a long, long dog. And, and uh, he was about as wide as he was long because Mother fed him all the time. And so I took him down to have him groomed. And he was so heavy, I'd have to stay down and, and help uh, Susie lift him in and out of the tub. And <laughs> people would come in down there and people that would know me, they'd say, uh, well, what are you doing down here? And I'd say, oh, I'm moonlighting. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and uh, then uh, uh, some people that didn't know me quite so well, you could see the wheels going around in their head wondering what she's doing here. And so I had been down to Branson with Fred and A. Louise Biggs, and we'd gone in this kind of a general store, and and uh, they had some books, and so I picked up this this um, dog book had different kind of breeds of dogs, and so I was reading through it, and and so I I saw the Louchin, and uh, so I went back and I told Susie, I said, well, I said I think I know the breed of dog I, the next dog I want and she said well what is it and I said well I said it's a rare breed and I said I don't even know how to pronounce it and I said I can spell it for you and I said it's L-O-W-C-H-E-N and she said oh she said well I, I raise those and I said oh, really so she had a, a dog charm that um, was going to go to Westminster and um, so I gave her the entry fee and back then it was $50 to enter a dog in Westminster Dog Show. So that's how I got interested in the, in the Louchins. And people would ask me, when are you going to retire? And I'd say, well, I don't have any hobbies, and I don't particularly like to travel, and I don't have any kids or grandkids to go and harass, so I guess I'll just, <laughs> just work until I die. Well, now I tell people I have a hobby, and it requires travel. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got interested in show dogs, and I've been to Cruft's Dog Show over in England. It's kind of the equivalent of the Westminster Dog Show here. Mm -hmm. I've been to the World Dog Show in Amsterdam, and my dog has won. Mm -hmm. And um, I've campaigned him all over the United States and been real successful. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I've had a winner at uh, two winners at, at Westminster, one breed and, and um, best opposite. So that's how I got interested in the in the dogs' world. In fact, when uh, we had the um, opening of the community center, our, our national specialty was in Louisville, and that's our, that's our big show. And uh, we imported a dog from Finland 
this year, and it was going to be his first time in the ring. And I was bound and determined I was going to uh, see him and um, or her, really. And um, so I left the dog show kind of hurriedly. I was going to have somebody fly me down, and the weather was such that I couldn't. So a good friend of mine drove me down, and um, so I got to see Lulu in the in the ring the first time and and she won the first first time she'd ever been in the ring she won at what we call a five-point major so she has five points toward her championship mm-hmm. which you have to have 15. Uh, so all of this uh, nurtured your love of uh, as Ron says the four-legged animals and and you brought that back home to our community uh, with the uh, the animal shelter. Well I saw a need for for the animals and I, I wanted the animals to have kind of the state-of-the-art facility kind of like the community center. Mm-hmm. And and of course uh, we might not appreciate the new facility unless you've been to the old facility which was off of Main Street there by the sewage treatment plant and they had probably 10 or 15 cages and had very limited on how much how many dogs and cats they could take in and just a, a city was providing that and so that was great that the city would do that but yet uh, wasn't really um, uh, an upscale location. No, I I, I um, built that facility and then gave it back to the city. Mm-hmm. You were talking about me going around to the seeing um, the different community centers. Different community centers. Yes, we went and saw I don't know how many different animal shelters. Okay, and there again I took a little bit of this one that I liked and a little bit of that one I liked and mm-hmm. and combined it and so I think it turned out pretty good. Yes, excellent. Excellent. Good morning. If you've just joined us uh, as listeners this morning, we have the opportunity to visit with Sue Heckard in our studios. Sue, you've uh, reflected back. You've shared some things with us and, and our listeners. The one thing I really see that really resonated throughout your life is a work a work ethic. And that goes all the way back to, uh, to your mother and your father. Uh, your mother worked her way through college. Uh, your father, of course, spent 18 years in Topeka in in a funeral business uh, before coming to Sedalia, and during the time he was in Topeka, he rode his bike back and forth to work. So, you know, that's the, and when you moved to Sedalia and you bought the funeral home here, uh, you actually lived on site so that you could take care of the community, and of course, that was just a round-the-clock job for for you folks. So, what a uh, what an example of, and, and I know you said that your success has been uh, a, a labor of love, and yet uh, the community supported you by supporting the business and you give a lot of credit to to those folks who did support the business but then it, it all comes down to that work ethic that was very much instilled with you and your mother and your father at the very early on well yes the funeral funeral service is truly a a 24-7, 365 yes. mm-hmm. occupation. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the old days, why we didn't have cell phones and somebody had to be at the funeral home 24 hours a day to answer the phone. And uh, so it it is a service that you have to be dedicated to. And um, that was that was my life. I, I say that uh, I dedicated my life to my parents, and uh, which I would do again. And um, and my funeral home, 
and if there was any time left over, that was Sue's. And mm -hmm. a lot of times there wasn't too much time wasn't left over. wasn't too much of that, was there? No, for Sue. <laughs> you know, another unique thing that uh, you brought up uh, to us earlier uh, and not on the air was uh, if we go back far enough, Davy Crockett was in your, your lineage. Yes, Davy Crockett is my great, great, great grandfather. So that's that's something that we think our listeners would find a little bit uh, interesting. So we wanted to throw that out there. Uh, what do you see uh, for the future of Sedalia? I mean, everything that you've you've put your heart and soul in your in the in the work that you've done and and putting that back into the community. Do you what do you see and envision for Sedalia in Pettis County? Well, I think, I think Sedalia is on the cusp of doing some great things. I think I can see some new manufacturing coming to Sedalia, some, hopefully some new retail and new people into the, into the town. Back when we came, if we would move a chair at the funeral home, why people would say, oh, you new people are changing everything. <laughs> but... <laughs> I think that um, Sedalia is more progressive um, mm -hmm. than, than it was at, at one time. Um, I know um, my mother's brother was in, had the Al Alamo Airways in, in Las Vegas, and he was interested in the airport when he would fly here, and we didn't have a very modern airport. And when my dad was president of Chamber of Commerce, why well, he wanted to improve the airport, and um, they said, oh, no, this was a railroad town. And <laughs> so he had resistance, and, and, uh, but I, I think that, um, I think things are looking up for Sedalia. And, and you brought up the airlines and, and the airport, and I think our listeners are probably not aware that you did a little flying yourself. Well, just a little bit. <laughs> I never got my pilot's license, but uh, I, I had a lot of hours. And I guess there was a connection with Howard Hughes with the flying. You said that uh, there was a connection through was it your, your uncle that had Alamo Airways? Yes, and, and he knew Howard Hughes personally and, in fact, kept a, a plane at his airport for him. And when my cousin got married, my Howard Hughes was invited to the wedding. Now, we wonder how many people that are listening remember Howard Hughes, but I imagine quite a few do, that's for sure. So, uh, very interesting. So, we've had with us today Sue Heckert. And, Sue, we do appreciate so greatly you being with us and sharing all the experiences with your, your mom, your dad, your family, coming from Topeka, coming to Sedalia, and uh, doing all the things that you have with the community, with the help of others, and, of course, with you being there to, to help orchestrate a lot of things yourself, too, to get things going in the right direction. I forget who it was that said at one point that when you did all the traveling that uh, you there was a lot of things that you all saw you, you saw a lot of many things like you've said with the different community centers and with the animal shelters but like you said you've taken a little bit of everything and turned the animal shelter the Heckert Center into a, a very very beautiful facilities in the city and we appreciate that. I would just like to say that I would like to thank Sedalia for supporting my parents and I uh, because if it had not been for your support, I could not do all these things for Sedalia. And it's, it's all about Sedalia, not, not Sue Heckert or the Heckert name. It's, it's about Sedalia. And I thank you. That's all the time we have this morning. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk. Join Ron Tolner, John Meehan, and myself, Bo Matthews, every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on News Talk 1050 KSIS.